today on the Bill Kelly Show on 900 CHML. Tech Talk. Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM and FPM3 Marketing is with us. Uh, and, of course, a Vacuum Man. This is brought to you by Vacuum Man. Adam, how are you doing this week? I'm doing amazing, Bill. I'm doing really well. I'm getting excited. <laughs> Things are opening. Weather's getting warm. I can, I can finally put pants on. I'm, I'm actually excited. <laughs> All right. Way too much information there. Okay. <laughs> uh, no, it's, it's, it's good news. And I know, actually, just looking outside here, and they're talking about how miserable it's going to be. It's, it's actually getting a little brighter. The sun's coming out. And uh, I feel like breaking into song, but I, I won't. Uh, anyway, listen, a lot of folks are working from home. We talked about this a couple of weeks ago on the program, about how for some people this may be the new normal. I'm not so sure because I know that a lot of companies that are having their employees working from home do have some concerns about the way things are going. Well, one of the, yeah, and I think if you're working from home, and we, we've seen this with, well, if you are, many are working from home, um, keep in mind you are still uh, uh, obligated to be uh, monitored and for productivity and for tracking purposes, the information on the computers or the software that you're signing into is still uh, uh, ownership and subject to overview by the employer. So one of the things about this bill is that people are uh, maybe being a little like, am I being violated? If I'm working from home, I'm using company equipment, I'm signing into the company software, um, they might be surprised to know that their employer is monitoring everything from the mouse moving to what they're typing to what's being discussed. If you're having a call or you're having a video chat, all of this is going to be uh, uh, recorded and monitored by your supervisor, by the employer. So the question really begs, though, is is privacy being a concern? Are there elements of being uh, uh, working from home? Is there elements of privacy uh, being challenged? And so I think there's no law right now, as I'm, I'm no lawyer, and that might be a subject for another topic, but I believe there's a real question about with the access to where people are working from home, how much is the employer allowed to actually know? And I can honestly tell you, I've been doing this work from home for years with my staff. And as long as it's professional conducted in a way, my staff have the, the flexibility that I don't have to monitor them. But depending on what type of business you're in, you might be uh, having your employer watch every move you make. And I think it's disturbing for some. So I bring this up, Bill, because I think it's important for a lot of people to understand that you may not even know your employer is watching your actions or uh, being able to monitor the conversations you're having. Well, and I'll go back to this, and I'm, I'm sure because I've talked to other folks, and I'm pretty sure it's like this. It's been so long since I've been into the radio station. But I think when, when we go to log on to our computers at work, there, there's a little thing at the bottom there that says uh, you have no right to privacy when you log on to this system, which, you know, is a roundabout way of saying that, you know, we can monitor this if we want. And it's their system. It's their computer. It's their program. So we get that. But just the fact that we're here now in a different environment at home, we're still using their equipment, we're still using their systems, and we're still supposedly working however many hours a day for them. So uh, anybody who says, well, there's a concern about privacy here, all we've done is transported you to a safer place. You're still doing the same work on the same system, right? Absolutely. And I think part of the challenge is, depending on what your work-at-home environment includes, the challenge begs itself is, what equipment is the staff using at home? Is it company equipment? And I know one of the biggest concerns is when you're doing video conferencing, you know, uh, and your employer is demanding that you need to be uh, your video on, 
um, you know, what information can they see behind them? And I think, you know, uh, joking aside, uh, thank goodness for radio, uh, because we can't necessarily see what we wear. But from the fact that people are video calling through Zoom or Google Meet or any of those other services that, you, uh, that are available, people, you know, are questioning, why does my employer need to see my place of home? What does my background look like? And, and that's being recorded. And what information is being stored in my home environment? And that's the biggest area, which I believe there needs to be, if we're going to be doing a work-from-home policy moving forward, uh, what, what ground rules are there for the employer to know? And honestly, Bill, I think it comes down to trust. I think there's got to be a trust factor between you and the employer. Um, I know in my case, I use a lot of leeway with my, with my staff to say, guys, I expect you to get the job done. I expect it to be done right. I mean, there's going to be times where you want to go for lunch and you can Netflix binge quickly, but the productivity savings of not driving to the office, not needing to put in the extra time required for those expenses, parking fees, uh, you know, going out for lunch, all of that. I mean, those are benefits to the, to the employee. So there's got to be a real balance, and I don't think there's any hard guideline rules yet and probably will be in the near future protecting the employers and the employees in the case of work from home. So just keep that in mind. Your employer knows everything going on about what you're doing in your home. Yeah, and, and you're right. I mean, there's a, there's a trust factor here, but at the same time, I guess, you know, they're, they're also looking at productivity, you know, is is that slipping? I mean, and if that happens, then they start looking into it and said, hey, Adam, you know what, we just, you were, you were playing Candy Crush for two and a half hours yesterday. It's no wonder the project's not done. <laughs> uh, so, you know, it's it's beware. That's all there is to it, I guess. Speaking of uh, cybercrime, as we seem to do almost every week, people say, well, who would want to hack into this and what would they do with it? Uh, there's a black market for, the, for this information, isn't there? It's not only just a black market, it is the biggest growth market. It's bigger than the NASDAQ and the stock market in the Toronto TSX ever. Right now, the black market is completely overwhelmed with off-sell uh, servers. 43,000 servers with information is available for sale right now in the black market. Now, this is different than passwords and logins. That's 43,000 servers, which therefore have multiple, multiple hundreds of millions of logins and passwords available, all on the dark market for absolutely nothing. So we talked about this, I think, weekly, if not yearly. We always do our you know, uh, yearly passwords of yep. the year that people don't update. This is a really, really, this is bigger than just, you know, oh, uh, MasterCard got hacked or PayPal got hacked or Canadian Tire got their server hacked. These are servers of units of which hundreds of thousands of, of, of information is available on the dark net. So what we've seen during this crisis is why? What's, what, what's the surplus? Where is it coming from? A lot of it is because we are working from home using the work from home situation up above that the IT department is also working mainly remote. So servers are susceptible to being hacked. They're being caught position that are being, uh, uh, I would say, compromised. And that information is now being used to be sold online. Now, what are they selling? Usernames, passwords, access, birth dates, social security numbers. And the fact that 43,000 servers, Bill, 
as is mind-boggling to me um, with respect to how much information is now available on the dark web. So I'm, I can't say it enough, but once more, another reason why you got to make sure that you put a strong password together, but even with a strong password, you want to factor authentication. You want to sign up with Google. You want to sign up with Microsoft. It requires you to get an app and it tells you that the number code you have to enter to sign into the service you're looking for. I can't stress it enough and more so than ever is the time you need to really take action on protecting your passwords, Bill. Is it easier for hackers since everybody's working, or not everybody, but a lot of people are working at home as opposed to in a corporate environment? Um, I would say yes at the beginning. I mean, because remember, our home fact, our home environment is is probably been set up by your son, or you bought it from the local computer store and hooked up that defaulted router. Um, that brings a lot of security issues immediately to the table. Uh, that was at the forefront of the COVID when people were working from home. So our home routers and home internet are a really major concern when it comes to how they're able to access and be able to get uh, connection to the server. Because right now we're trying to get everybody back online. We haven't really taken into the factor of security as the top priority. It's been, hey, uh, these processes and procedures of here's your computer, here's your microphone, here's your laptop, uh, and here's your phone. Everyone needs to work for home for safety reasons. Well, those homes, and I can't remember, or how many employees, it doesn't matter, working from home are very susceptible if their router hasn't been protected properly. It really does put the corporation at risk. It puts the employees at risk. Uh, and it puts many, many IT departments right now are probably scrambling to try and keep their security safe. Uh, in the old days, the early days, I guess, uh, you know, when we were talking about kids and, uh, on, and computers, we'd say, well, you know what the best thing is? Just have it in the living room where everybody can look over to a junior's shoulder and see exactly what they're logging on. Well, of course, that's not going to happen anymore. Uh, so we need apps. We need, we need other tools to be able to do that. And Microsoft's come up with something, haven't they? Yeah, Microsoft announced the new updated family safety app. And we've seen this before, as you mentioned, and, and we had a little upgrade maybe about a year and a half ago. Google came out with something similar to that. But what makes this one very unique is Microsoft is really focused on their software. And as such, we know that Microsoft makes Xbox. They have uh, Microsoft Office. They have Explorer, uh, the old version. They have Edge. There's a lot of systems we use with Microsoft. And as such now, Microsoft has now incorporated the family safety app that gives better protection for parents, and it includes privacy and uh, giving that teenager that feeling that mom and dad can see general information, but they can't see specific information. So the new updated Microsoft Family app gives that ability to say, my teenage uh, daughter, son, uh, I can see how much they're on Netflix. I can see that they're watching YouTube, but I can't see what YouTube videos they're watching. So you can set parameters for the children, and it gives that control and security that children don't feel like they're being violated by their parents. And, you know, like, geez, mom, you know everything that I'm doing. Give me some peace. And, you know, it gives a little bit of more, hey, I see you're on Netflix and you've been binging for the last 47 hours. You might want to try and get up off the bed. You're going to get some bed sores. <laughs> so, I mean, it keeps it very... It keeps it more controlled, and hopefully through this process that they've announced, 
it, it allows a little bit better communication between the parent knowing what's going on with the, with their children and at the same time the children being able to feel they're not being completely violated. I think it's a great upgrade that you can get. So if you're concerned about your children, uh, FaceTime or being online, this gives you that ability to do that. If they're younger, it also gives you more uh, security issues to see what they're watching as well. I should mention that. Uh, I got your note earlier this morning. You wanted to talk about uh, annual subscription warnings. Uh, I, I know we've touched on this before, but I guess it's starting to become a real problem. Oh, boy, Bill. This one hit me right between the eyes, and I can speak to it personally. So right now we're all sort of working from home, and maybe, you know, we've seen a lot of the subscription upgrades, and we talked about, you know, Disney came out a couple months ago. We saw Netflix is growing. Uh, we have Prime. I mean, the, the list goes on and on. But you may be also subscribing for software services. So whether it's a subscription or whether it's a software upgrade, here's the reality. And I, I learned this is a little sneaky, and I believe consumer protection needs to step into this but so i go through this exercise with two fronts one is a video streaming and one is with a software so let's start with both examples because they follow the same sneaky rule in an annual agreement they hook you they give you the discount sign up now you get disney plus for uh discounted 6.99 or netflix for xyz dollars so you're going to get your hook that's why you sign up and it's annually renewed you have a credit card on file, whether it's a software, whether you're using uh, Microsoft or Google or TeamViewer. Then that year comes up and you get that bill and it processes on your credit card. Mm -hmm. Next thing you know, you see a bill, but it's not the same price you agreed to a year ago. It's almost up 200%. And that increase of that price is a little bit of a shock. So you call and you say the day you get your bill, I'd like to cancel. I did not agree to this new cost of $70 from 15 I paid for Netflix. Um, why would I want to renew this? Then they hit you with that small print bill, that legal jargon that we all go, oh, goody. And just, you, oh, you just hit accept. 28 days. <laughs> you, you're stuck. So it's very interesting, and I'm surprised they got away with this. Many of these subscriptions are using the, you have 28 days to notify us before the day of renewal, but they won't advise you until the 30th. So I share this with everyone as a lesson. I'm going through the challenge right now, and I'll give an update next week because I am arguing this is unethical. The renewal service, and right now during COVID, so many people and companies are trying to save money. We don't have the resources and revenue available. And as much as the government's helping us, it isn't going to help on those renewals that are increasing. So when you cancel renewal, keep in mind, be very cautious. What was the date you, were, you, you ordered it? Put that in a calendar because you may be getting a very large bill on the renewal date. Ouch. Um, and, and, and like again, read the small print, and we've we've talked about that in the past. You know, this thing just yeah, I accept, I accept. I just want to see this. I just want to see this, and it, it does come back to bite you. Got a couple of minutes left. I want to talk about Thunderbolt? Yes, be very careful. Apple is one of the only ones that is safe at this case, Bill. Just so you know, and I know you're putting a smile on your face, going trusty Apple. I know you can there do you it go. for us, but anybody. Anyone who's got a PC computer, if you're running Google Chrome, Samsung, any of the models that run a Windows software, the Thunderbolt technology, that little adapter on the side of your laptop or desktop computer, has been susceptible to being easily hacked. Now, here's the case. 
someone's got to actually plug in, uh, you know, a Thunderbolt device to hack it. And obviously, if you're watching someone plug it in, you might be suspicious of it. But it's like a scene out of Mission Impossible or all those movies where you see them, you know, using a thumb drive to plug into the side of the computer. The fact is that uh, should or if your device has a Thunderbolt, it may be open to being easily hacked and, and compromised. So keep that in mind. Uh, there isn't a patch yet, but when it does come out, you're going to want to keep an eye on it. And once I understand there is a patch available, I'll make sure to bring it up on our Tech Talk series, Bill. Okay. Uh, let's squeeze in uh, the, uh, the smartphone, the telescope attaching to the smartphone. This one's amazing. We talk about working from home. I love this. And this medical device was genius. It was invented in Australia. And right now, nobody wants to go to the doctor. Nobody. My lovely wife hurt herself, and we just literally said, we don't want to go to the doctor. No, please. It's not earth-shattering. So what do you do when you think your child may or you feel a little uh, uncomfortable because you may be having a sore throat? Well, it's called Telescope. It's in a little attachment you can order. It attaches to any smartphone. And what it does is it illuminates and creates a very bright LED and records uh, the inside. So say you were talking to your doctor, you call telehealth. This device you can order easily online, plug it onto your smartphone, and you can check the back of your child's throat or check your own throat. And it gives a very uh, quick analysis of, uh, of elements that the doctor would be able to watch uh, what's the difference between this is that instead of just sticking a phone in your mouth and turning on record, this gives a, a very microscopic zoom in on maybe your tonsils or uh, the back of your throat uh, that could give the doctor the same visual understanding of what medical concerns you may have. So it's called Telescope, and this probably could be a new way many parents and people, for that matter, will be able to do a self-diagnosis and video chat directly with the doctor versus trying to open your mouth and kind of squeeze it up against the side of your phone or <laughs> trying to squeeze it up to the, to the desktop camera. It's going to look awfully weird like you're eating the computer. This brings a little bit better uh, control and information for the doctor to diagnose you. Tech Talk, we do this every Friday with Adam Oldfield, the president and CEO of FPM and FPM3 Marketing, brought to you by Vacuman. Have a great long weekend, Adam. We'll talk to you later on. You too, Bill. Be safe. The Bill Kelly Show, weekdays from 9 to noon on 900 CHML.